the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 Three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we continue with the eighth point in our series on not giving place to the devil. In our world today, we are constantly being bombarded by many voices and a multitude of messages. As Christians, do we have the discernment to recognize who's behind these voices that influence our culture today? Which begs the question, how often do we get in trouble by listening to the wrong voices? How often do we get into trouble by listening to the voice of Satan with his evil suggestions suggesting the wrong things to us? Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will bring us 17 demonic D's that Satan whispers into our thoughts. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And as Brother Gary has said, we have uh, been dealing with uh, all these different 17 uh, demonic uh, deeds of uh, Satan. And uh, let me kind of go through this list. And, uh, you know, it tells us in uh, Ephesians 4 and 27, neither give place to the devil. Well, we give a big place to the devil, uh, not only in our lives, but in our homes and in our marriages and in our churches and in our community and even with the government. So we are trying to equip the body of Christ tonight so that you can be prepared to deal with the enemy of our souls. See, Satan comes at us in the spiritual realm. The flesh comes at us in the inner realm, and the world comes at us in the outer realm. And there is a spiritual warfare. And if you don't have on the full armor of God, if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. And so we want to encourage you tonight to keep the armor of God on and be prepared for battle because Satan is a defeated foe. Uh, we just need to stand. It tells us in Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18, four times to stand and three times to take. You got to take that armor or the enemy will take you places that you wish you never have gone. So, let me list these D's that we've been talking about. We talked about, and all of these D's, I want to remind you that they relate also to the Garden of Eden because the enemy 
used these trappings to get to our foreparents. And so he used, number one, the first deed, distractions. He worked through the serpent to distract Eve and Adam, and especially Eve. And uh, she got distracted. And when she got distracted, she fell for the trap of the second deed, which is doubt. She started doubting. And then she got into disbelief along with that doubt. And then the third D, she fell into the area of disobedience. Disobedience. God told her to not eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, to not even touch it. And she was disobedient, and Adam was disobedient. And as a result of the third D, they fell into deceit and deception. And then the fifth D, they got into denial. God questioned the man. And he blamed the woman. He blamed God, the woman that thou gavest to be with me. She gave me of the fruit, and I did eat. He blamed God for giving him the woman, and he also blamed the woman. And then, uh, you know, this is also true, right, with uh, so many of us in marriages. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never the my fault. You know, that's why there are so many failed marriages. And we see God questioning the man, and then he questioned the woman, and she got into the Flip Wilson cliche, the devil made me do it, you see. So both of them was in the state of denial. They said that there's 50 states. I said there's a 51st state, and that's the state of denial. And when they fell into the spirit of denial, then they fell into another D, which is discouragement and uh, disappointment. And then they hid themselves and... Uh, from the presence of God, which they never could do because God is too high to climb over. He's too wide to get around. He's too low to get under. And David said, if I took the wings of the morning and flew to the uttermost parts of the earth, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. You just can't escape from God. You know, you might as well come as you are. You might as well be honest and truthful. Jesus said, the truth will make you free. And so they hid themselves from the presence of God and sold fig leaves. That was the first religion in the Bible because they sue those uh, fig leaves to see in their lives that they can work their way out of the situation that they were in. They sold fig leaves. See, this is what the enemy always tries to do with cults and false religions, get them to try to work for their salvation. I can work for my own salvation, not realizing that Jesus already did the work at the cross. And we need to realize that, that he said, it's finished. I've done the work. We need to trust in his finished work. And so they got into the seventh day, despair. They lost hope and trying to hide from God. They got into a state of hopelessness. And then the eighth D, they got into a state of double-mindedness. And James says in James 1 and 8 uh, that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And then they got into number nine, the state of dishonesty. You see, that is one of the things that Jesus hates the most is hypocrisy. The way you live in your public life, you need to live in your private life. And that's the thing that made Jesus get into all those woes with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When they named them Sadducees, they picked a good name because they were sad, you see. 
And the reality is, is that they got into a state of dishonesty. Jesus hates hypocrisy. Oh, my friend, tonight, if you're living in a state of hypocrisy, doing one thing in front of your family, and then when you're not around your family, you're doing something else. You're living another type of life. Going to church with a halo around your head, but when you leave the church, you start to grow horns. You know, it's a terrible thing to live in a state of hypocrisy, and that's why Jesus ran him out of the temple, because he couldn't stand the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. And then they, tenthly, they got into a state of dullness and sleepiness and laziness because they couldn't do the work of God anymore because they were embarrassed and naked and all of that stuff. So they become dull in their relationship with God. And that happens with us so many times, too. And then the eleventh thing is, eleventh D is deadness. And, you know, last week I uh, talked about uh, three types of deaths. You know, in the Garden of Eden, they experienced uh, at least two deaths. Uh, when God said, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. He meant that, and even though Adam and Eve didn't die instantly, they died in time. Adam lived to be a 930 years of age, and yet he died. And God had to drive him out of the garden with a tree of life because if he would have ate of that tree, he would have lived forever in a corrupt state. So God had to drive him out so that he would fulfill his word, but Adam, when he ate of that fruit and Eve, they died, first of all, spiritually. They died spiritually. They were separated from God. Their relationship was separated from God. And we got a lot of people today like that today. They are spiritually separated from God. They are walking around like spiritual zombies. And uh, until you come to know Jesus... You will not have true life. You will not have spiritual life. You will be a dead, like a dead zombie walking around without a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we see that they died spiritually. That was the first death in the Garden of Eden. And then they died, secondly, in a physical death. It uh, took time, and they died in, in a physical death. And you remember I had said uh, last Saturday, and let me remind you again of the, the, the first obituary in the Bible. If you go to Genesis chapter 5, you will find there that it says over and over, this is the first biblical obituary. It says in Genesis 5, and verse 5, and it says that in all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And then you get to verse 8, and he died, Seth. And then you get to verse 11, he died. And then you get to verse 14, he died. And then you get to verse 17, he died. And then it, and then Enoch, he walked with God, and but he escaped it. There was an exception to that. And then you find as you continue to uh, read the pages of Scripture that even Methuselah, you know, was the oldest man that ever lived, 900 and years of, of life, 960 uh, nine years, and he died. The Scripture said, and he died. And then it goes down to verse 31, Lamech, and 
he died. And so this is the first biblical obituary to let you know that every man is going to die unless Jesus comes back and raptures them. You see, it is appointed to all men, it says in Hebrews 9 and 27, it is appointed to all men once to die and after this, the judgment. And oh, my friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to experience that third death. Remember I said there's First of all, a spiritual death that Adam and Eve experienced, and then they experienced, secondly, a physical death. And then the third death, if you don't know Jesus, it's an eternal death. That's an eternal death. That means to be eternally separated from God throughout eternity. And it talks about in the latter part of Revelation, and many were cast into the lake of fire. Is that your obituary? Is that yours? Is that your obituary that you are standing before the great white throne judgment and God says, depart from me, I never knew you? Oh, my friend, tonight you need to come to know the resurrected Lord. He's the only one that can give you life. And Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He came to not only give you life, but to give you an abundance of life. But you got to accept him. You got to accept him. Tonight is the opportunity for you to do that. The Bible says high time to awake. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. You need to Turn to Jesus right now. Right now, you need to turn to him. You need to uh, do all of these different R's. You need to, first R, recognize that you are a sinner. The second R, you need to repent. That comes from the Greek word montanoia. It's a military word. It means to turn from something to something. And the third R is to receive him tonight as your personal Lord and Savior. Oh, my friend. You need to say those three R's, and then God will give you a peace that passes all understanding. He will give you confidence that for you to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, like the Apostle Paul says. So uh, the thing that we're calling upon you to do tonight, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to fall into this last D that I'm giving you on the 11th one. Next week, we'll deal with the 12th one talking about discontent and discord. But I want to just break it down to you that it's not the issue of dying a short life or dying of an illness or a sickness or something like that, because we're all going to die. That's not the worst death. To die of cancer is not the worst death. To die of diabetes is not the worst death. To die in the military is not the worst death. To die by a police officer or or somebody in the community is not the worst death. See, we are all talking about Black Lives Matter, and it does. And and we talk about blue lives matter, and it does. We talk about all lives matter, and it does. But we are not talking about God matters. Where is it? It's being stated on signs and protests that God matters, and unless we turn back to Him, as it tells us in Second Chronicles seven and fourteen, that if if we confess our sins and turn from our wicked ways, then will He hear from heaven and forgive our sins and heal 
our land. Our land is in a turmoil. Our land is, is messed up. And the only one that can fix it is not the politicians, is not the religious man, is not the pastors, is not Dr. Buckner. Only Jesus can. And we need to turn to him tonight and right now. Turn to Jesus. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. It's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. Give us a call. We're here for you tonight if you need prayer. We're here to pray with you. If you have questions or comments for us, we're here to entertain those questions and comments. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We also want to thank those who have stepped up to the plate to partner with us financially over the last week. Bruce, Sandra, Jim and Kim, C.R., Charles, and James. And folks, it, it costs us 400 a week to stay on the air. So without your financial contributions, we simply could not do it. This is a very difficult time of year for most ministries. If you've been blessed by this program and Dr. Buckner's teachings, we want you to consider, please, please consider partnering with us financially, partner with us, and help us Lord, to, to continue to do what God has called us to do, and that's to minister God's word over these airways, to touch lives for all of eternity. And you have a part in that every time you give to Contending for the Faith. You know, I believe one day we all will stand before God and give an account. And many of us, God will say, look behind you, and you'll see a vast multitude of people. And you're going to ask that question, Lord, who are these people? And the Lord's going to say, these are the people that were brought into the kingdom as a result of your giving to ministries like Contending for the Faith. Because by your giving, you're touching lives for time and eternity. People are hearing the message. People are being saved. People are being touched. Lives are being changed in ways we have no idea. A couple of weeks ago, we received a call all the way from New York City. This broadcast goes that far. And so it's so critical that we all band together, that we all partner together through prayer for this ministry as well as through giving. And there's two ways you can give. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Simply go to your computer or your tablet or your smartphone, your desktop, and go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. And it's that simple, and away you go. You're being a blessing for our ministry and touching lives for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. 
Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those uh, encouraging words and the challenging words as well, and we know the people will uh, heed to that in the Lord. So, uh, well, we always get excited when we get callers in, and uh, we have Cece. And Cece, are you there tonight? Uh, yes, I Well, praise the Lord. We trust that you got ministered to tonight. Oh, yes, yes, always, always. It was, it was a really good message. Really, uh, really good. All right. How did it minister? How did it minister to your heart tonight? Well, what brought me up to reality is, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you said, but I like I like how you um, when you broke it down about how many people how they lived a long time and they died and it comes to and that's something nobody can't get away from. But we all we all have to die, and you know, what I'm saying and that's that's something that's very very serious. Because earlier when I was talking to. Um, uh, the brother um, earlier who had answered the phone call, he said, um, we will be lifting you up. And I said, you know, I said, that's better than a million dollars. I said, because you can have a million dollars and not even get a chance to spend it all and die. And he and he, he was just really rejoicing and agreeing with me in, you know, in that context. It's so true, you know. I mean, prayer, I mean, like Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So I think it's very important. I mean, you, you, you made a lot of critical points in in that study too but i really like that too because that's something nobody can get away from amen well thank you so much appreciate that we always like to hear how people got ministered to and uh, we trusting people out there who got touched tonight and encouraged uh in some way call in and let us know even if you don't call in write us a letter let us know how this ministry is ministering to you and touching you we know it's touching people all over the Bay Area, and we are thankful for that, and we're appreciative of that as well. Well, Brother Cece, what's on your heart tonight? I want to ask you a, two, a two-fold question, but the first question I want to ask you is in terms of Isaiah chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you if you can, again, you know, uh, give me, do a little exegesis interpretation on that passage. Okay, and... Uh, you you want to, an understanding of better of Isaiah chapter three? Is that correct? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's happening here in Isaiah chapter three is uh, God actually, and and this is something that you may want to do a word study on. Uh, God's judgment is coming upon His people. It's uh, coming upon uh, Judah uh, and uh, also Jerusalem, and it's going to come down upon them hard. <laughs> Because uh, what's always happening with God's people in the Old Testament and is happening today in our world is uh, that people are turning away from God. That's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, They are turning away from God, and not only in our churches, many people are, in our homes, uh, in our government, and all of this encompasses all of this. Then they are also... Uh, taking advantage of the babes, the the their, uh, the oppressed, we see in verse four. As you continue to read through this, the prophets are not doing what they supposed to do, uh, and then the women are being uh, uh, not dressing properly, and so uh, it it says it over and over and over that when a verse six and when a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, "You have clothing." And uh, you be a ruler, and let the ruins be under your power. And so here we're seeing that this is a total mess that's going on in this whole entire 
chapter. And what you're going to do is kind of like just go through it. And we see that in verse 13, uh, they are taking advantage of the oppressed. And uh, and then the elders uh, and the princes, we find in verse 13, uh, that the like the Lord stands up and pleads and stands to judge the people. And the Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his princes. Uh, so what God is saying is that the the uh, elders and the princes and the leaders are not being uh, the shepherds of God. They're not feeding the people. They're not feeding people the people the word of God. They're not ministering to the people, uh, the sheep. And that's one of the things that made God extremely uh, angry. And then you uh, you you look at uh, uh, verse um, uh, 8, and for the Jerusalem stumbled and Judah is fallen because their uh, tongue and their doings and are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of the glory to look on their countenance, witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom, uh, and they do not hide it. Woe to their souls, and for they have brought evil upon themselves. And uh, so to the righteous that it shall be a, a well with thee, uh, with them. So what we're finding also in this chapter is not only is it a judgment upon Judah, and Jerusalem, and upon the leaders. See, we we have this so much in our society today and in our churches today, not all, but we have so many liberal churches. We have so many even conservative churches that have turned away from God, and you don't hear the gospel being preached like it should, and people are tickling people's ears. And But God, in the midst of all of this, when he uses the word in verse 10, say to the righteous, what he's saying to that is that God always preserves a remnant in the midst of all of the wickedness around him. And God always preserves a remnant, a people. And he, the Bible says, you said, many are called, but few are chosen. Let me ask you a question. This is like a quiz question to you. You know why, and because I mentioned the word Sodom here, you know why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Do I know why they destroyed them? Yeah, do you know Do you know why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Was it, um, I think it had to do with their sin? Well, that's what most people say, right? Or, they, or you couldn't find a righteous person. He, they couldn't find someone that was righteous. Well, see, that's the that's the answer God said is I can find list even ten righteous, I'll preserve it. So, what God is concerned about is us being the salt and light to this, the the dark world. And so, most people, when you ask that question, they say, "Well, it's you know God is destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sin of homosexuality," but He goes deeper than that. He is looking for righteous men, righteous women to transform the cities and the the towns and so forth. So what you're seeing in Isaiah chapter 3, once you go through it on a deeper level, I'm just trying to kind of give you an overview of it, that this is the judgment upon God's people. And God always comes in and judges his people. And, and the, the Bible says in the New Testament, judgment begins in the house of God. When God's people are not doing what God called them to do, He's going to hit his people first. 
here is a chapter where God goes right at the people, and then he's going right at the leaders, but the people are not going to get off the hook neither because they're not doing what God called them to do. This is a chapter that's dealing with the people not doing what God called them to do. That is to feed the people. That is to take care of the oppressed, to deal with those who are the have-nots and the fathers and the motherless and all of those, to clothe them, to be there for them. And these people are greedy. They're into greed rather than need. This is what we see in our world today. And this is one of the reasons why I believe the judgment of God is hitting America hard. In so many ways, we're getting hit hard by the judgment of God, and a lot of people still don't see it. So hopefully that helps to give you a little general overview. That helped out a lot. Amen. That helped out a lot. Well, good, good. Well, you get into that a little bit deeper, and you'll uh, be able to discover some much more nuggets uh, as you get into it, especially with a good commentary. Okay, thank you a lot. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, amen, amen. And you and you had another question? Yeah, I wanted to ask you this this other question. Then I'll get some prayer. I wanted to ask you particularly, and this is not a, a, an overgeneralized. Uh, not, I want to be like I'm overgeneralizing this, but I know it's a large widespread. I want to ask you, what do you think it would take to reach the the culture that's wild between be, the people between the ages of 18 and 45? And you know, what I'm saying I target that group because I see in that age group that they're just gone crazy, and it's just you know, it's just like a, a lot of different things are taking place right now, especially on Saturday nights and Fridays, and it's like it's like people in that age group is really out of control, and I just wanted to have your input on that. Well, thank you so much. I think it was uh, it was uh, R.A. Torrey, one of the great theologians of the past, uh, had made a statement and uh, said that if, you, if God can give me a hundred dedicated men uh, that sold out for him, that he would be able to turn the world upside down for Christ. And we see this happen with the disciples. They, you know, the people in the first century, they were so dedicated to the Lord that the communities and the everything was being turned upside down, see, and revivals were breaking out, reformations and revival. I believe that the ages of 18 to 45 years of age the way we're going to reach those uh, that that age group is for people in the churches to turn back to the Word of God. You'll find that uh, in the Old Testament, the prophets always told the people that when they got involved with wickedness and uh, everything like that in, in their time, they always challenged them to repent and turn back to the Word of God. When they turned back to the Word of God, what happened was there, there, there was a transformation, uh, a reformation, rather, and then a revival broke out. I believe that when God's people really turn back to the Word of God and really repent uh, and turn back to His Word, then just like in the Old Testament and just like in the New Testament with the early church, when people turn to the Word of God and they repented of their sins, and it starts in the house of God, when we do that, we're going to see reformation and revival break out. The only thing that's going to save this age group is for revival to happen. 
and it's going to start within uh, our churches and within with the leaders. We got to turn back to the Word of God. That's the only solution to the problems that we're facing today. It's not going to happen through politics. It's not going to happen through the economy. It's not going to happen through psychology, anthropology. It's not going to happen through sociology. It's only going to happen when we repent and turn back to the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit empower us for witness and service uh, bearing. We're going to see revival break out, and that's what happened in the early 1800s with Jonathan Edwards preaching that sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. When he preached that sermon, people repented. They turned back to the Word of God, and revival broke out all over Europe, all over in some places in the United States. And the, and the jails, the prisons, and everything was, was shut down. People weren't going to, to, to jails. And the, the crime rate had gone down because people turned to the Word of God. That's the only answer, and that's the only way we're going to reach that group. But uh, we're not only going to reach that group, but we're going to reach people who are younger than that as well as older than 45 is revival. We need to pray for uh, a reformation to happen where people's minds are transformed. And then when that happens, then then revival will take place and we will see people, lives change, and these young people reached as well. Awesome. Amen. So pray for that. Pray for that. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, pray for the moving of the God Spirit to come upon the people to bring them back to the Word, repentance, and we will see great things start to happen with all those age groups. What's on your heart real quick, your prayer request, and we'll try to get to that. If we can't get to it right now, we'll we'll pray for you when we come back from the commercial break. Okay, if you can pray for me again, pray for my family, my mother, Rosalinda. And again, I just want to lift up, you know, Morris Chestnut and, you know, all of, all the celebrities and just my family and, and as a generation. And then I, then I just want to, if you can just uh, close out, I want to pray for reformation and revival. I was already, I was always, I was always going to ask, I was always going to ask to pray for that. And then you mentioned it in the, in the, in the teaching. I was like, that's, that's, that's where my mindset was at. If we can just pray for that, that would be awesome. Confirmation. That's a confirmation right there. Yes. Amen. When you said it, I was just like, my heart was just, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, the celebrities too, I've been, you know, really praying for Morris Chestnut and people like Shamar Moore and, and it, just people in the entertainment world, period. You know, it's, it's, it's so important. Amen. Uh, that's so, so important. I, I agree with you uh, as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer. Lord, we just thank you once again for this opportunity to to come before your throne of grace, Lord God. We thank you for that grace, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you called our names before the foundations of the earth, that you had us in mind, Lord God, that you prepared us even now for this moment, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord God, that you called us your children. We ask you, you would just touch Brother Cece from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, bringing healing, life, restoration, and wholeness to his body and to his mind and to his spirit. And Lord God, we lift up his family as well, that you continue to watch over them and we pray for these entertainers, Lord God, like such as Morris Chestnut. Lord God, they are just people like any of us who need a Savior. And so, Lord God, we just pray for them. We pray, Lord God, that you would touch their lives as you've touched ours. And, Lord God, that you would just turn hearts back to you, that reformation and revival would take place in this country, Lord God, that people would realize how empty their lives are, how empty the, the the chasing after material things 
will become and is, Lord God. We just pray that you would just turn our hearts back to you, turn our hearts back to your word, and that revival would take place. Lord, that you would fill our hearts with a desire for your constant presence, Lord God. Help us to daily come before you, have that quiet time, that chair time with you, Lord God, time in the word, time in prayer, time in fellowship with you, that we would have a solid relationship with you, that our hearts would always be inclined to you and your will. We thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And CC, we appreciate your prayer request for these uh, movie stars and people. And when we come back from the commercial break, I want to share about another uh, well-known person that uh, got herself in a lot of trouble. Uh, and by the grace of God, she was protected and hopefully it'll be a wake-up call to her. So I uh, want uh, people to hear what I have to say around that as well. Brother Gary. All right. right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we have plenty of lines available for you to call in. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick the phone up. Give us a call. We're here. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. If you have questions or comments for us, we're here to entertain those questions and comments. Again, the number is one 888 O-R-K-F-A-X. And we just want to, th- once again, let you know that uh, this is a prayer-driven ministry. And we appreciate all of you who are constantly in prayer for contending for the faith. It is so vital that you continue to pray for us. Without your prayers, we know we would not be on the air. And so we thank you for, th- for those prayers. And we also want to encourage you, if you've never been p- a partner with us financially, to consider doing so. Um, it will touch lives for time and eternity. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we just want to encourage you, become a partner with us, a prayer partner with us, as well as a financial partner. It takes $400 a week for us to remain on the air, and especially this time of year, coming out of the summer months, many ministries just like ours are struggling financially, and we need your help to continue to do what God has called us to do. There's two ways you can give. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And hit the donate button. And it's that simple. You can give that easily. And you'll be touching lives for time and eternity and being a blessing to so many who are listeners. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate that. Uh, one of the things I want to say, uh, dovetailing off of what Cece has been always doing every time he comes on the air, he's always uh, uh, coveting prayer for people that are uh, famous and people that are movie stars and musicians and so forth. And that's a good thing because uh, we need to pray for those who are in those positions that the Lord will uh, – bring them to him so that they can be a tremendous witness uh, in their lives because the 
have a platform by which they can do it. And we see all of these awards and Grammys and all that, Oscars and stuff like that, and people get together and they are before the world. And nobody gets up and says, thank you, Jesus. They say it's not politically correct. No, it's biblically correct. <laughs> That's what it is. It's absolutely correct. Amen. Absolutely correct. And so uh, we are seeing that, uh, and I'm seeing that God is involved in our world. He's involved with those in the upper class, those in the middle class, those in the lower class, and those who have no class. And God is judging. He is a God of judgment. He's a God of love, too. We don't want to leave that out. But he's a God of judgment, and he's judging today all the way from the church house, the White House, and those who have no house, and the even those who have houses. Our God is a God of judgment. And Amos says in Amos 5 and 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. God is involved in the business of judgment. Not because he hates you, my friend. He judges you because he loves you. And he wants you to come to him tonight. He wants you to humble yourself. And he wants you to come to a state of repentance. And I mean a real state of repentance. You know, John the Baptist, he gave some good theology. (laughs) And John the Baptist, he said on one occasion, he said, bring forth the fruit of repentance. You know, we talk about repentance, but what about the fruit of repentance? What's being coming from your life where there's fruit bearing? It's not that you're just saying it with your your lips. You know, I tell people when you witness to people, you always want to share the three L's, and you might want to write these down. The first L is your love for Christ. The second L is your life for Christ. And then the third L is your lips for Christ. You know, we do a lot of lip service, but not any love service and life service. We need to have those three L's reigning in our lives And what a great way to witness. What a great way to share the gospel, the kerygma, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, what I was going to say is this, and I'm leading to a particular person that's in uh, the news. And I want to say this, first of all, that uh, this person uh, was in France, Kim Kardashian, and uh, on the Internet uh, broadcasting not only where she's at, there, but also broadcasting about her diamond ring and uh, just displaying how beautiful this is and how much it costs and on and on and on. Well, you give that information out to the devil, the devil's going to have a field day with you. And, and, And he did. Some people broke in when her bodyguard was gone uh, to a, a club thing with a sister. And we, they believe that this was an inside job. You see, when your mouth is big and you're into materialism, and materialism is your God, see, uh, Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. And he said the love of money is the root of all evil. And he, Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world 
and you know loses lives. So so the thing is is that I believe that God was shaking up things in Kim's life, in her husband's life, in her family's life, and in the world's life of of materialism because he's trying to get people's attention. She is blessed that she didn't get raped or killed. And when she is before her husband and before the media and before others, nothing is said about, I thank God. Nothing is said about, God protected me. Nothing is said about, you know what, Jesus had his arms around me, and I'm going to turn to Jesus, and I'm going to surrender my life to him. This is the same thing that goes on with the world around us today and even some people in our churches. You know, uh, when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. And and see, a lot of times what God does, and listen to this now, sometimes God will allow you to hit rock bottom so that you will discover that he, Jesus, is the rock at the bottom. And when you discover that he is the rock at the bottom, he brings you from the bottom to the top. See? And, and, and so what he's doing is allowing you to hit hard down so that you will have a wake-up call, so that you will turn to him. And you, you think that you're smarter than God, don't you? You think that you are wiser than God, and you think that you can maneuver around God without doing what God called you to do. <clears throat> but I want to uh, surprise you with something, my friend. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible teaches that God is a God of love, but he's a God of judgment. And he is involved with saying those who, excuse me, that know his will will be beaten with many stripes. He that doesn't know his will, which means those that don't know his will, will be beaten with fewer. That means that God is in the business of taking people that know him and people that don't know him to the woodshed. When's the last time you've been to the woodshed? You said, well, I haven't been yet. Well, keep living, (laughs) keep being in rebellion to God, and he's going to take you there. And the thing that you're going to have to pray for, that you will survive it. Because some people go in the woodshed and they never come back out. Well, they come back out, but they're in a casket. That's what happens. So God is trying to get your attention right now. It's high time to awake and turn to Jesus and surrender to him. Now I'm going to turn this over to Gary and let him say some a few words to you as well on this level with Kim Kardashian and other things and then bring it home. True words, Dr. Buckner. You know, it doesn't matter what stratus of life you live in. It doesn't matter how many zeros are in your bank account doesn't matter. You know, we all, we all live on this earth. We all have issues. We all are subject to things that go on here. And if you think that because you have money that you'll go untouched, uh, you're in denial. (laughs) You talk about the 51st state. That's it. And so it's a wake up call for everyone. It's a wake up call, you know, and I've, I truly believe that God, you know, created us that we would have a relationship with him, that we would have fellowship with him. And I just want to say that, folks, how often are you spending time with God? 
Do you have a relationship with him? Are you cultivating your relationship with him? It's just like any other relationship you have. You got to talk to the person that you're in a relationship with. Do you spend time talking to the Lord? You know, these are, to me, these are foundational, non-negotiable things that we need to do on a daily basis. We often think about, I don't know what my, where I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm not sure or this or that. Do you ever ask the Lord? Do you spend time with him? Because if you do, you'll know. He'll, t- he'll, t- he'll tell you. He's not trying to hide things from us. He's there, and he wants to t- tell us. He wants to teach us. He wants to guide us. His word says that he has planned for your life to prosper you, not to harm you. So I want to just in, uh, encourage everyone, spend that quality time with the Lord on a daily basis, and 80% of these problems that we deal with won't exist. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and uh, Brother Elias, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.